All right, welcome back to another episode of Vet GPT. This is episode 19, and this is actually episode two of our popular Talking Hawks series. Our first episode was our third most popular episode, so we have to bring it back, especially after Iowa just got destroyed by Penn State this past Saturday, 31 to nothing. Uh, before I get into some crazy facts for that game, Slade, um, I guess kick it off, man. W- what the hell happened to this team? Um, we have a coach who is too stubborn to adapt. We have a coach who put he put his son ahead of his family ahead of the Iowa football program. Not true. How is that? If his name was, if our offensive coordinator was not named Brian Ferentz, would he have got, one gotten the job, and would he two still have the job? Iowa had seventy six yards. He would have gotten the job because he was qualified. First of all, no matter what, no matter what anyone thinks as a play caller or whatever, the last three years he was qualified. He was on the Patriots. He was uh, O line tight ends coach under Kirk for like seven years, six years at least. So I think he's qualified to be a Division One offensive coordinator. Go on. And why is he still employed today? Because Kirk hasn't f- – name one coach Kirk has fired. Wasn't that Kaczynski guy fired or was it for something else? I don't know who Kaczynski is. Who's Kaczynski? He was like a defensive line coach like 10 years ago. I can I, I can I can take a look into it, but I should have said we have Austin Hackford here with us as well. He is a known Brian Ferentz defender, so I'm sure we'll get into that today. Yeah, I in episode, say, I was saying in episode one, I introduced him as Iowa's only Brian Ferentz defender. Uh, I I thought that maybe last or two nights ago might have changed him and be so that there'd be like no more of those left on the planet that Brian Ferentz supporters were extinct. But apparently not. It only took us thirty seconds to find out this information. It's like it's like that one joke that always goes around. It's like if there's a thousand Brian Fearns fans, I am one. If there's a hundred <laughs> Brian Fearns fans, I'm yeah. one. If there's ten, I should, I'm one. I should tweet if, that. If there's zero, I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, going back to Brian Fearns' career, I mean, he is definitely um he has the career, you know, experience. He was with the Patriots from 08 to 2011. He was Iowa's offensive line coach for three years. Um, and then, he's, you know, he's dating back to 2012. He's been with Iowa. So, yeah, he does have that 10-year experience, um, and he definitely deserves to be an OC. But does he deserve to keep his job, I guess, is the bigger question. And it does seem very out of character that Iowa would fire uh, a coach midseason. But – something has to be done because they they looked like a shell of a college offense. Nepotism. Well, to, Go ahead. I was going to say, the answer, does he deserve to be the play caller right now? That goes back to what Slade said two minutes ago to start this thing off. We are too stubborn. He's He specifically said we are too stubborn, not Brian is too stubborn, because I think we can all agree that we've – been running the same scheme since our entire lives, okay, since 1999. It's been more or less the same exact plays over 25 years. Does Brian 
run them worse than Greg Davis and Ken O'Keefe? Yeah, probably. But <laughs> I don't think – but a new OC is not going to come in and you're going to have to get rid of Kirk That's what, to get a whole new I want to get rid of and Kirk I, because they're a package deal. And I don't want to get rid of Kirk. You don't want to get rid of Kirk. What we have a ceiling. We we are going to do this every single year and our entire season. How, how, how do you know? How do you know the next coach is going to just? I don't just go to take on that risk. You're willing to take the risk because this isn't fun. Are you having fun? When's the last time you had fun? Is it fun to be? A, is it fun to be a? Okay, what if what if we're Nebraska for the next twenty years? Is that going to be fun? Then three. We're not even having horrible, horrible seasons. Our entire season quality is if dependent. Coach. Our entire season is dependent on the schedule we get before the season starts. Because what are we supposed to do with that? No, I'm saying that what back in our life, early in our lifetime, how many times in our life did we think, oh, uh, an eight or nine win team was fine? Like we got made fun of for that, but that was one thing. We were playing Ohio State. Penn State and Michigan every year before all these teams got added and the conference got realigned. We don't have that anymore. So winning 10 games doesn't even winning like 10 games used to mean a lot more to me than it does now when we can't beat a top 25 team. We can't stay within 30 points of a top 25 team. We have lost our last five ranked games by an average of 26.6 points. We are not even competitive like we used to be with top teams. Yeah, I agree. But I don't think blowing it all up is just – I don't think we're just going to be – so you think a brand-new coach going into the new Big Ten with Oregon and USC and Washington all them, you'd rather take that risk. Yes. And let's say we win three games the next six seasons each. That's going to be more fun than, than winning eight to ten games, but – not having a chance against Ohio State, Michigan. Don't you think that's just a that's loser crazy. attitude of like, well, our next guy could come in and stuff? Loser attitude. Our next, you just said our next guy could come you're, in and win three so games a year. No shit, no one wants to win three games, but I think we can have a higher expectation than the 130th ranked offense for the third year in With a row. With who? With who? LeVar Woods? And LeVar Woods you're telling me Iowa, who's going to play it's top 10 money for a coach, cannot get somebody? Kirk is always, when he gets his contract renewed, he's going to be in the top 10. There's only two conferences that matter in this sport. You're telling me they can't get a coach? Give me a name. Chris Kleiman, the Give me a Kansas name. State coach who's from Iowa, grew up an Iowa fan. He's 13 years younger than Kirk. That's one name. That's I'm not saying it's going to be him or he'll be interested, but that's one name. There's a lot of people out there that would be interested in that job. You have the best job security in the country, clearly. Okay. Next topic. Okay. Well, <laughs> they, there, there's, there's only, there's only so many like good quote unquote replacements. Like if you look at who Iowa plays next week in Michigan State, they dropped a Brinks truck off at, on Mel, uh, Mel Tucker's driveway, and he clearly is not a good coach because Iowa was a twelve point favorite against them this coming, this upcoming weekend. So. It's it's hard because the next person, you better be sure to get it right because you have to give them a hundred million dollars. I was looking at this is kind of off topic, but I was looking at the salaries of Pac twelve coaches. Kirk Ferentz would be the second highest paid coach in the Pac twelve behind only Lincoln Riley. 
Like Kirk makes over double what Washington's coach DeBoer makes right now. That's just the Pac-12 blows. Their commissioner literally they, blew them up. That's how bad they are. I know, but Washington, like Washington's a top ten team. But they have no money. No, they play exactly. Like you're telling me the Iowa can it, you're telling me Iowa can offer a coach from that conference who's winning ball games in the top ten with less resources, double his salary, and he wouldn't be interested. I wouldn't take a single coach from the Pac-12 besides Utah's coach. You wouldn't take Hack, Washington's coach. Hackford would hate Lincoln Riley's offense. It scores too many points. Lincoln Riley Riley sucks at Utah rolls all over them every single year. They're soft as shit on defense. That's why they'll never win anything. That's why he never won in Oklahoma. He'd go to the playoff and lose by 60. But that's no different than Iowa going one round before the playoff and losing by 60. There's levels to this. Yeah. I guess I just don't understand how you can have one facet of your game be so good. And even, I guess, you throw in special teams, two of the three parts of a football team be so good. And we have a coach who is just totally content with just being like as bad as possible on one, on one side of the ball that his coach, his son is the coach of. And like, he gets questioned about it by the media and his response is, what do you want? A whole new playbook? Uh, yeah, I want a whole new everything on offense. It can't get worse. It can't get worse. I watch. I can watch a MAC team play, and they have a better offense. Why did Delaware put up more yards and points against Penn State than us? Delaware, like, I, I just don't. I don't understand that. We had the best defense in school history, and we wasted it. And now we're seeing what happens if that defense takes a step back. We can't play in these close games. And win anymore. We the the door gets blown off when you're on the field twenty straight snaps. You have to have an offense to play complementary football. We're not playing complementary football. We're playing let the defense try to score and defend, and that's just not realistic ever. I'm not asking them to be Georgia or Alabama. I just want them. There's a huge gap between going seven and five and losing to four win teams and being the two time defending national champs. What happens next year when we play the same this same exact team? Let's say we have the same team going into next year, but you replace these Big Ten West teams with a Washington and a UCLA. We're not winning those. We're gonna be we're already gonna be a five win team if you take the same roster and you get rid of all of our cupcakes. I mean, last year's team was five hundred in the Big Ten, or were they one game under or one game over? I don't know, but you take out the FCS team they played and. The Nevadas of the world, they weren't exactly beating up on Power 5 teams. They won seven games. I think that I'm not saying Brian is free and clear of all of all of this, but the offensive line is clearly still horrible, and there's no excuse for that, considering every single every single starter on the offensive line has now what two years of starting experience like every single player that's up there like starting so there's no excuse for that especially when you have three uh quote-unquote offensive line coaches on the you have kirk you have brian and then you have the ol uh, the o-line coach so you have so yeah there's really no excuse for the o-line to suck 
and that's where um, I think 90% of our problems exist. Because in Brian's defense, what what were you going to call on Saturday? I don't blame Brian. The, the Penn State players were in – that wasn't a play calling issue. On I Saturday. don't – It was an offensive line, which I'm not saying Brian is free and clear of that. It's his fault too. I – I will but say this: the entire defense was in the backfield the second the ball was snapped. There's like what? I don't blame Brian as much. What can you run? I don't blame that? Brian as much for his play calling this year. I think I've been pretty fair in week one and week two when we've been on here saying I think Cade held Brian back in some ways, and especially week week three, I guess the Western yeah. Michigan game. It's it's tough. I mean. All right, Hackford, I have a question for you. Do you think Iowa fans would be this up in arms if the Hawks made it a little bit more competitive? Like, there's just been so much frustration the past couple years because, oh, Spencer Petras wasn't good, but he beat Penn State 23-20. We have Cade McMahon all hyped up. He's a great QB. Well, he comes in, goes 5-14 of for 42 yards, and Iowa puts up zero points. Do you think if they would have made it, I don't know, maybe 31-20, people wouldn't be calling uh, calling for the coaches to be fired? Or do you think just any loss would have, would have made it this bad? Well, that's what, that's what the fan base wants, including Slade here. If they would have lost 31-30, to 30, um, it wouldn't have – I don't think there would be as much noise. But then you're getting into Nebraska – fan base territory looking for moral victories what have i been saying this whole season it's w's and l's slate even texted me before prior to the game saying he would be happy with a 3-0 win i would be i would be happy with a 3-0 win but that's not a w w's and l's so why are we freaking out that we lost by 31 what if we lost by two who cares it's still an l move on it's a sit. So if we would have lost, you care about W's and L's, but it's giving us the reason we're getting L's is because of our offense. That was not the entire reason. I mean, we didn't score a point. You can't win if you can't score. The defense was so on the field. You, you think it was a hundred percent on the offense? On no, I, I don't think the defense was one hundred percent to blame. But there was like a point where they played twenty plus straight snaps. Like, what is what did we think was going to happen? So you would be happy – you would be happier – no, you would be happy I if we would have lost 31 to 30. You would have been – Well, we gave up – You would have been like, okay. Ways, right? So it's not like that would mean a worse defensive performance. All that would mean is that I'm seeing growth from – Who cares about growth? It's an L. Because that might matter next week, and it might prevent an L. If I see that – Okay, you don't know what's going to happen. What if we, what if we went 56-0 next week? Then everyone should be back on the BF train? No. Okay. I want to see so, Iowa offense show pro- progress. And if, if they're getting shut out this week, one, why should I believe they're going to not get shut out the next time they play in Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan? Because I've seen them score three against Michigan. I've seen them score zero against Penn State. And their offense scored three against Ohio State last time. That's three games where they scored combined six points. So why should I believe they're ever going to be competitive? I think we've discussed the the root of that issue. I agree that they them losing. I think the talent, well, but like, I need the to talent getting better. Obviously, the talent gap is 
very large between us and the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Penn States. The only reason we could have we could compete with those teams in prior years, like in 2010, because our O line was good. I we agree. can't cover up. We can't cover up our O line play with the talent gap with Michigan and Penn State and um, Ohio State. I mean, so it's I like I don't think anyone disagrees with that. Okay, so that's what I that's what I've been saying the whole time. It's larger than just BF calling plays. Oh, I I'm saying BF has his hand in the O line development. Yes, yeah. that that is part of his fault. I don't think Brian has been like an F. I don't think he's been the 130th best offensive coordinator in terms of calling plays, but there's more to being an OC than dialing up NCA 14 and choosing which play you're going to run. Like every quarterback, yeah, I, it seems like it gets worse with time in this program. And I, I know that goes deeper than just Brian, but our quarterbacks leave, they get better. Our wider see, I'm, I look to my left, I see Charlie Jones catching passes and we couldn't utilize him. And he's in the NFL right now. I mean, he goes to Purdue. He puts up insane numbers. So, like, there is a talent gap, but we see these guys go to other schools and have success. Jake Rudock was better at Michigan than at Iowa. Cade was better at Michigan than he comes here and he struggles. And, yes, because he has a better stuff around it. But, like, we couldn't use a good NFL-caliber wide receiver in Charlie Jones. Yeah, and Iowa has 14 catches by wide receivers this year. And Army has 27. And Army has known, been known for 100 years to have an offense that runs the ball every time. That, that's so it. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's they don't, even if we had good wide receivers now, which I don't necessarily think we do, why would any good wide receiver want to come in next year after having that, or even the year after, or the year after? And that's a great they, point. Everybody's favorite Iowa insider, David Eichholt, uh, he had a tweet from nine hours ago today. He said, even if Iowa wins nine to ten games this season, the damage from the national college football world has been done, and it'll take multiple years to change the narrative. And I agree with that. I agree, too. Pay attention. And who's contributing to that? David Eichholt. Dude, I turn on the news. He just feeds into that shit. He's acting like the national media. This he, He does the same thing. He feeds right into that. Anyways, that's his job, called. though. That is yeah. his job to, to to post about what Iowa did. Was he supposed to sit there and write? Iowa's offense had 76 yards, and they were great. I turn on, like, CBS Sports today, and they're talking about Iowa's offense. You, the halftime show of the, the CBS game, like the actual game itself, they were just clowning us. The announcers are clowning us. ESPN halftime report was clowning us. The whole country just makes fun of us. We can't recruit at wide receiver. It all just builds on top of each other. You you suck. You can't get wide receivers to come here, and then it contributes to you sucking. It's just a cycle, and nothing's going to change until something changes. So I guess, Hack, my question is, how do you see this playing out where Iowa can actually take a step forward? Because the schedule is going to get I already harder. said this. It has Kirk has to – you have to blow it all up. Kirk can't be the head coach, and I'm saying I'm a Kirk guy, and I, I – I think Kirk should be here as long as he wants. You have to what what receivers have we ever you can name two receivers in our lifetime, Marvin McNutt and DJK. We've never gotten receivers. Why is all of a sudden we're talking about Smith Marcet in the NFL right now and we probably didn't use him right either? Okay, so we've had three receivers. 
we're 20, we're 27 years old. We're talking about three receivers, but now all of a sudden, why can't we get receivers to come here? We've never had receivers ever. Why can't we get old linemen to come here? That's what that should be a real Iowa's question. wide receivers in 2021 or 2022 at the beginning of the year were the worst we ever had. And people blame that as part of the reason they lost to Iowa State. So they the talent at That's wide receiver has injured. gotten worse. They were, it, they were still bad. We we had like four scholarship wide receivers. We use less scholarships on wide receivers than any other school. And then we they few get hurt and we're like, oh well. We had one scholarship receiver at the beginning of last season. That was Arlen Briz. That's just mismanagement of your scholarships to a point, too, though. Probably. I guess I just don't see why. Like, to me, the only way Kirk is back next year, because he's not coming back if Brian's gone. And the only way Brian is coming back is if it's as the offensive line coach and they tell George Barnett to kick rocks and they bring. They, they slot him back down to where he's had success, and no one can argue that he's a good offensive line coach if that's all he focuses on. But then you'd have to bring in an offensive coordinator and actually let them have some control. I don't know what offensive coordinator would want to come here, and I don't think Kirk would give that person control. So I just feel like we're in a dead end where schedule is getting harder, and we have an offensive coach or a coach that won't adapt at all. I see Saban adapt. I see coaches all over the country adapt, but we won't. Yeah, I have I have a question about Brian Ferentz. So obviously everyone's making a mockery of his new contract where he has to have 25 points per game and then he gets his incentives. Why was that leaked? Who who told the media about that? Shouldn't that have it been was like Gary Barta? He thought I think yeah. we talked about this on the first talking hearts. It's the dumbest contract ever. Gary Barta like, that's fine if you make it, but don't make it public because of reasons like this. Every single talk show is talking about it every single week now. Drive for 325. Woo. Um, Barta thought he was, like, he heard the noise, obviously. Everyone's like, fix this. Get Brian gone. Brian gone. So Barta's idea was, okay, I'm going to shut the fans up. Or he, he thought it was a good idea, and he thought he was fixing the problem by saying, all right, you have to get 25 points a game and whatever, seven, eight wins. So I think Barta leaked it out to the public because he thought it was a good idea. And it's was stupid. It, was it leaked or does it have to be disclosed? I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I, I didn't know if it's because it's like he's a public employee for the state if, and if it's like legally in his contract, if that's like public or not. Well, I don't think like. Because like we know what Kirk's bonuses are. Like if you hit 500K. Yeah. Like, that's usually like after after the fact, though, isn't it? Doesn't like a reporter get this coach made this bonus? I thought like don't they have to post that like online? I don't know. I always thought that stuff was like public knowledge. Either way, Gary Barta, we all know Gary Barta screwed up. Like that's why the whole like Kirk doing like sucking on purpose to get back to the administration doesn't make sense because Gary Barta is not even there. Um, I don't know who he'd be sticking it to. So, and we've seen them suck for the prior year. So it didn't have any impact in the last few seasons. Um, Before the season started, we both agreed in episode one of this that they were going to hit that 325 number really easily. I think, and now it seems like they're not going to. So it's just like we set the bar so damn low and we're still not going to hit it. 
Yeah. Well, so I think. Go ahead. No, I, go say say your thing, and then I'm changing the subject to something else. Go ahead. I, I think when we were talking about the the points per game, we kind of assumed that we didn't assume a zero burger against Penn State, but we probably assumed like thirteen or seventeen max. Like the only reason it's off track right now is obviously the zero against Penn State, but like week one, twenty four. If that if it was like thirty five week one, it would like. We knew we weren't going to score many points against Penn State. We're probably not going to score many points against Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, there's a that just, CBS podcast, the On Three podcast. They have a they do a thing where they every single week and a national audience they do the Brian Ferentz update and they they project how many points he has to score per week to get three twenty five, and like and like then they adjust it based off of what he got that week so like week one they said like he needed like 40 and we got 24 and then we needed like 20 21 and we got 20 and then like last week we needed 40 40 something and we got 40 something and then this week they only had us projected for 10 so now they have to like reallocate all those points elsewhere and like luckily for us michigan state is a lot worse than we probably thought coming into the year minnesota and illinois are a little bit worse but there's going to have to be a Big Ten game where they literally have to score 35 points, and I haven't seen them do that since 2019. So let's not even worry about the points anymore. You just brought up the schedule. Michigan State, Purdue, at Wisconsin. Those are the next three games. Is it realistic that they win the next two games? They you know, are sitting right outside the AP Top 25. Can they beat Wisconsin and still win the West, even though they yes. got destroyed? Yeah. Hackford. Okay. So if that happens and they run the table, but I was only scoring, I don't know, 20 points per game, Brian Ferentz doesn't make his goal, doesn't hit his incentives, but they still win the West. It's He probably comes back. Don't you think? I think it would still depend on what happens versus Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and what happens in the bowl game. Uh, I think it's, some of it's going to depend on what number of those points came from the defense. Like last year, our highest scoring game was 27, I think, against Rutgers, and 14 came from the defense. And like those technically count for him. But if it's like the offense is scoring six and the defense is scoring 14, I do think that's going to get weighed a little differently. So I, I just think there's a lot of context to it. I just think also when you had all these expectations and all these transfers and like, the offense went from 130th to 131st so far. It's just like nothing's changed, yet we had all this talent come in, apparently. Yeah. I th- go ahead. Go ahead. I, don't, I don't have anything to add. So, wait, Hack, what, do you still think they're going to go 10-2? and two? Do you change yeah, any of your predictions? I yeah, I because predictions. my predictions were Penn State lost in Wisconsin. Or no, I was 11-1. No, no my, did, my loss you was, had Illinois. Illinois. Illinois and Penn State. I think we beat Illinois now. Illinois sucks, but that's why I'm not yeah. – that's, that's, why, that's why I'm not saying the world is over because almost everyone chalked Penn State up as an L. I don't care if it was 31-0. I don't care if it was 31-30. It's an L. We can still win the West easily. We should win the West. They should. If they don't, it's a crime against humanity again. We let Purdue go last year. (laughs) 
we let we let a, like an eight win seven win Purdue go. So I, I would hope that we get to go to the get to go to Indy. Um, I think Brian can save his job. I'm not saying he's dead in the in the tracks right now. Like yeah, he could put up forty a few times. He could beat some of these teams, but. I guess I'm just being realistic based off what I've seen through three games and the last two or three years. And we would have to see the, the script change literally tomorrow or today and say, like, suddenly this is a totally different football team. And maybe Penn State is a playoff team and is a championship contender. But, man, it's uh, that left tackle position is not getting fixed tomorrow. So what's your what's your what's your prediction then? Because Hackford's saying ten and two. I'm going even lower. I'm going basically as low as you can get. I'm saying eight and four. I'm yeah. I'm probably in the middle. I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna lose to Wisconsin, and I think they're gonna drop one game where we're gonna be sitting there like, well, we lost like thirteen to ten, and it's like if we just would have had you know seventeen points last year. I think it was like if we would have scored seventeen points in every game, we would have been like ten and two instead of seven and five. Like the bar is like that's just why it's so frustrating. The bar is so low for this offense to win football games. Yeah, I'm sticking with ten and two, but I'm switching my loss to switching my loss from Illinois to um, Wisconsin. No, Minnesota can't be it. Minnesota's terrible. Nebraska, it's Nebraska. Then the last week. Honestly, I mean, they beat us last year, so I can't say that's crazy. I'll say Nebraska, then. but I don't like it. If we lose to Nebraska, the only reason I'm not saying probably, Wisconsin, if we lose to Wisconsin, we're probably not going to Indy. Yeah, that's why, because I, I I think we're I think we're gonna go to Indy, so I can't say Wisconsin. I don't see Wisconsin losing to they another play Ohio team besides State. us and Ohio State. Because yeah. North Northwestern, Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska, Purdue, those are some of the worst teams in Power Five football. Like, we should beat the hell out of them. Like, th- some of these teams don't even have head coaches. Like, we're we're in September. We're playing two teams that don't have a true head coach. We got two interims over the next like six games. Like, that's yeah. that's just insane. And like, that's part of the reason too. Like, some of these wins ring hollow for me over the last few years. Is like, I've never thought. No, no one on this call thinks Minnesota football has been some awesome football program. Uh, they've won nine games two years in a row. It's partially because they're playing the same similar schedule to us. And, like, I don't want that to be the bar for Iowa football. If they go and win eight, nine games, but they're playing USC and Ohio State and Penn State and they're competent, like, I can handle losing. I can't handle losing because you won't make one change while everything else is perfect. It's like, like watching Iowa right now is like watching Iowa have like Fran McCaffrey having an awesome basketball team, but having like, or like Lick Lighter having an awesome basketball team and he puts his son Little Lick out there to be point guard and costing you every big game you play. And then it's like, it's the coach's kid and we're going to keep running it back. It's just, it just blows that's my just mind. That's just not true. You know that's not true. I'm saying that's like the we level of frustration awesome. it feels like. It's banging your head against the wall for the 24th straight year and wondering why this isn't working. 
Look, if this if this isn't working now with this schedule, aren't, aren't they're redoing the schedule for next year? Correct. Yes, that's my that's my other point. We got to make. That's why I think this is the perfect time for Kirk to be done after this year. He can go off on a high note. He can win some games. He probably doesn't like this whole NIL deal. Brian is hated. Like, get out now. He can still be beloved, and like he doesn't have to deal with USC or Washington instead of Rutgers and Northwestern. I don't think he thinks like that, though. He's not sitting there thinking like, oh, shit, we got to play. I don't think coaches think like, I'm going to run away from playing better teams than I have been. Like, that's definitely not a coach's mindset at all. Do you think he cares about protecting Brian's career? Do you think he thinks at night like, I can't, if I don't, if I don't keep Brian, who's going to hire him right now? Type stuff, or do you think he's like, well, Brian will just get an offensive line job in the NFL or in college and be fine? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he's not going to hang on and still coach to save Brian's professional career. So does it not he bother can get you? A job. He can... Does it not bother you that this offseason, Iowa, let's say Iowa goes ten and two, they lose an in Indy, they. I don't even care what happens in the bowl game. They win. They go 10 and four again, like 2021. If Kirk is sitting there evaluating at the end of the year and he goes, I have this coach. He's an offensive coordinator. He's coming from the SEC or I don't care. He was a position coach in the SEC, whatever. And I think he's better than Brian and he can be my offensive coordinator or I can run it back with Brian and he chooses to stick it out with Brian. Is that going to piss you off? Because he's basically choosing his son over having a better football is he gonna team. Let, is he going to let the new OC do whatever the hell he wants? That's what I've been saying this entire time. Is he going to let? Is he going to change the entire scheme? If if that's the case, then yes. Why is it getting in. worse? That's my whole argument. That's my whole what argument. Is, been running the same fucking plays. Okay, what so, if we run the same plays, but we do it better, like we did with Ken O'Keefe, like we did with. That's Ken- what I'm saying. It all comes down to the whole line. The whole line sucks. How? How does ninety nine percent of our offense work? The O line. You guy can recruit because we're we keep we keep going over and over the same thing. Brian is going into parents' houses and trying to recruit high school kids, and he has a fucking stain all over him that parents don't want to deal with because that guy is known as a career ruiner. That guy is known as the worst offensive coordinator. Honestly, it could be Brian again, but just with a whole new name and identity, and we'd be better off because at least we can say, hey, we don't have this clown running things anymore. Your kid has a chance. Kids might actually come here. Like, how is the offensive line going to get better? Just – just recruit better? I don't know, because it hasn't over the last three years with three O-line coaches in there, so I literally don't know it's how to Also, Brian, Brian, doesn't, Brian doesn't recruit every single offensive player. I don't think he recruits every single player, but I still think he has a sign-off on a lot of those decisions. They get, You know they sit there and they rank players. He's yeah, in, just, he's much, just as much as Kurt does. Who has the final sign-off? Kirk. Brian has the final sign. Okay. I'm the guy that doesn't want Kirk back next year. I, I'm making the argument. Dude, we agree on that, that this whole ship is Kirk's, but I'm not ready for Kirk to leave, and you are. That's what that's what this argument really is about. Yeah, because I see Brian and Kirk as a package deal, and I do not want – I do not want whatever – I don't care whose fault it is with this offense. I don't want it anymore. Slade, to be fair – 
the the vast majority of Iowa fans are happy with eight to nine wins every year, and that's, that's why true. five years ago, five years ago, I got sick of it and I stopped caring as much. You are now where I'm at five years ago, and it's going to take Hackford another two years to realize it. You know what the difference was five years ago? Five years ago, we were beating top twenty five teams to get those nine wins. We don't do that anymore. We when, we haven't beat a ranked team since when? And a team that finished the year ranked, not a team that was ranked, and we found out they were frauds later. That's the difference. We don't even play competitive with good football teams. Like the best win I can think of was like Minnesota like three years ago. And like there's nothing fun about beating up on Rutgers and Maryland and Nevada 20 to 7. And they going to get in your ass beat. We can't do it. What, what are you even saying? We play this. You're saying – who have we beaten that's ranked at the end of the year? I'm saying why can't we even play the competitive brand of football versus good teams? Yeah, don't, isn't that by 26 to that, team? Your last five ranked games, 26. 26 what points? That's like Iowa playing an FCS team. That's how big the gap is. And it's not all talent. We're not 26. We're not 31 points worse than Penn State on just strictly talent. Eh, their D-line versus our O-line. That our D-line versus their O-line. That entire, I don't know. I don't know. Dude, that game was also – it was 31. Like I, like I said, they could have beat us by 50. They they literally called the dogs out. We had Deacon Hill playing the last 10 minutes. Slade, how far removed do you feel from Iowa in 2021 being ranked as high as number two in the AP poll? That feels like a lifetime ago because I thought Penn State was actually good. And the 2020 <laughs> season was so stupid that like – that was like the first time felt like college football was back for in two years, and the really ever since that USC bowl game in 2019, I feel like Iowa football has just been not fun. It has just been like everybody who's a casual fan is like this is a joke. Everyone nationally who's not a fan is like this is a joke. People who care a lot are angry. Eight nine wins doesn't mean the same thing anymore. And, like, I don't want to play scared of, oh, the next guy could be Todd Licklider of the football program. Like, that is just so sad if that's – You don't even think that's a be. possibility at all. It's a possibility. You think, you I think, think the next guy is going to hit the ground running? Before Kirk. But I also know that Kirk is leaving it in a good place. It's not a one-win program like when Hayden Fry left. You think, you think the next guy is just going to hit the ground running and, bam, we win 11 games right away? No. Because That's what not, you're saying. We're not playing the schedule. We're not playing you're the saying schedule. You're saying you're of 9 to 10 wins. So you're saying the next guy's going to win 11. This schedule, that I would hope they're winning 8-9 games. Yeah. Last year won 7 just to keep the record straight. They won 7 last year. Just so we're keeping straight. They won 7. 7-5. Seven, yep. They lost to two four-win teams in case you lost track. I did not lose track. 
Ah, oh, man. It's like we can so clown all these Iowa other conferences. We lost to the worst team in the Big 12 last year. Do you think year. that automatically means they're losing their defensive identity? Like, what? All right, so this has been a very interesting episode. We've had Slade and Hackford going back and forth. I've been trying my best uh, to be the mediator between these two. Um, I think what needs to happen is we need to let everyone cool down. We'll we'll check back in in two or three weeks. We'll see how the Hawks fared. Uh, probably let's have another check-in after the Wisconsin game. That'd be uh, another pretty big benchmark in the season. Um, I apologize if we had any uh, technical difficulties. We tried our best. I'm currently holed up in a Cincinnati uh, Hilton hotel room. So we're just trying to get this content out for you guys, uh, but we really appreciate everyone listening. Uh, real quick, Slade and Hackford, I'm going to give you each 30 seconds to preview the rest of the Iowa season before we wrap this up. Hackford, I'm going to put you on the spot. 30 seconds. What can we expect from the Hawks? Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Is it going to be somewhere in between? Go. I think what we get out of the Hawks the rest of the way is very uh, favorable as far as the schedule goes. So I think we take care of business and make it back to Indy, and then we'll see what happens. That's two months away, so you would hope we have some improvement there and we're ready to go in Indianapolis. Okay, Slade? Well, Hack told me earlier on this call, or on this on this uh recording that he didn't really care about seeing improvement it was just about w's and l's so um I think, it is about w's and l's yeah but improving helps you get w's so that's my my point um i think yeah i think i was gonna beat up on a lot of bad teams and they're gonna win some really ugly games like we're gonna see some some low scoring wins uh, i i don't know nine-ish wins I'm going to be pissed off a lot, but they're going to beat up on some dumpster fire programs. So, um, I don't know. We'll just run with it. Can't do anything about it. Look, Hack should go support the NIL because I'm sure he's feeling like he's getting his money worth out of Caleb Brown right now. Okay. That, no, we're done. That's we, the- you can't end on that. We'll save the Caleb Brown talk for after Wisconsin. All right. Let's hope he has a catch by then. He, he yeah. Hasn't through four yeah he, he's just some superstar, apparently. He's never played a down, ever. <laughs> well, he's played, he's played snaps, but he's never done anything in college. But he's a superstar. Hey, well, there's only been you know 14 you know- to go around, so he, it hasn't really been a, profit or a fruitful year for any wide receiver in the program. You know how many four-star receivers are busts? A lot. Every single eye okay. of a four-star wide receiver to ever be. Recruited. Yeah, I was saying, I've seen him. I've seen him come in here and be bust. I should. I should make a graphic. It's like there's an 88 percent chance you're a bust as a four-star if you go to Iowa, but only like 54 if you're at any other school. It's <laughs> Keegan Johnson and Arlen. I don't know if Arlen Bruce was, but like Jay Shield, just line them up. Meanwhile, if he wasn't a bust, he would have never left Ohio State, but. But you were saying that four weeks ago. Now he's a bust because he's not getting touches. Because our receiver room was Alec Wick. Yeah, I think he's better than Alec Wick. Do I think he's Jerry Rice like all these Iowa fans think for some reason? No. 
I would just like him to get the ball. He's on the field a lot, so he's just, they're just not throwing him the ball. They're not throwing Vines the ball. They're not throwing Nico. They're not throwing anybody the ball besides Lachey, and now he's gone. So Caleb Brown and McNamara, McNamara are also never on the same page. I think Buddy runs the wrong route 50% of the time. But, yep, we'll see We'll see what do you still, what's you in still, store for Jerry Rice. Our so, Jerry Rice. Are you out on uh, Cade? No. Okay. I just wanted to hear. I don't. I don't have. A I'm hot not take. Okay. All right. All right. Who I'm out on? Who? who the yeah, offensive who? line. The okay. the entire offensive line. All right. Well, maybe one of our our genius football brains, Brian or Kurt, can can help them improve. Yeah, they should. There's no excuse for that, as we've stated. All right, I'm done. See you after Wisconsin. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. Thanks, everybody. This has been another episode of Bet GPT.